0: Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Working Therapist podcast. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host. And today, Kirstie Miles, who's vice president here at PDT, is with me. And Our topic today are swings and using swings in therapy and some of our favorites. So a lot of times speech therapists, of course, we use maybe a playground swing or something like that in therapy sometimes, but I think we tend not to go in
0: that direction. Would you say a lot of PTs use a swing, Kirstie? I can't speak for a lot of PTs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can speak for me and how I use them. I think you first have to identify the difference and what the need is for the child because there's sensory use for using the swing and then there's developmental skills rationale for using the swing. We talk about, Hayden, all the time, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, we do. And it completely goes to use of a swing. Why do you have the child on the swing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you choose that swing? If you're not asking yourself why, then what are you doing? So today what we are talking about is how to use the swings in therapy,
1: OTs, PTs, and speech. You know, in all of our clinics, we have a variety of swings. We feel like it's important to have a variety of swings and options so that you can get the best therapeutic result out of your session
0: And so I think swings are super important. It goes with everything else we do. We need options. Not every child responds to everything in the same way. And every child's level of ability is different. So, And what you're working on should be different for every child because you're catering to an individual need. So
1: before we talk about the swing, let's talk about a couple of basics with it. One, a mat. You cannot use a swing without a mat. So you have to have a good quality. I'm not talking about like a mat you buy like the mat that kindergartners go to sleep on. I'm talking about a therapy mat, like a mat that will protect the child if they fall. So you don't want to use a swing without a mat underneath it. And you also need to make sure your swing hook is mounted into a beam, or you actually have a frame that's made to support the weight of that swing and the weight of a child. And you want to make sure you know what all that's weighted for. So most of our swings are mounted into the actual beam on the ceiling. Which is much
0: cheaper than the frames.
1: And the frames also sometimes limit what swings you can use and then how much you can swing because you'll hit the frame.
0: And if you have a drop ceiling sometimes that can factor in do you need the frame or can you find a beam above the drop ceiling but then that limits how much your swing can actually move because you're coming through a drop ceiling. So it depends on the structure of the building.
1: But you got to make sure that whoever puts that swing hook into the actual beam of the ceiling knows what they're Uh doing. They just don't put it because it'll fall and that's bad.
0: Again, safety.
1: (laughs) So that's sort of the basics. Matt and you have to have a weighted swing hook and a carabiner or a connection that's weighted to support the swing and the weight of the child and all that because you don't want anybody falling and getting hurt. So that's number one. Number two, so some of our favorite swings that we use in therapy are some new ones that we just got and then some tried and true oldies but goodies. So some of the swings that every clinic should have and that we use consistently in therapy are platform swings. Now, there's a ton of variety of platform swings. You can just get a regular old tumble form, plain old, and I don't mean it like that's bad, but just a plain platform swing, you know. That rubbery looking one that's blue. Yes, you've seen them for 20 years. They're there. We have one of those. So we do have one. There's also the platform swings with a carpet on them. You know, y'all know. What I, That's one I was thinking of, yeah, too. We've you, seen them for the last 30 years. They're out there. But there are all some new kind of cool platform swings. So there's also a web swing. We have those in our therapy clinics. You can see through it. So it's like a web, but it doesn't like sink when the child sits in it. It's really firm, stiff rope. But you can see through it, but it's not big enough to get most feet or hands stuck. Right. You know, so it's kind of cool, especially for a child maybe with some gravitational insecurities. Maybe they've conquered the plane platform swing and they can still see. Or you maybe want to start them with the web swing so that they sit on the web swing first. They can see the ground, see kind of how high up they are, that kind of thing. And then move to something where they can't see through. I'm not sure the best way to go with that. I don't know which would come first, but it's pretty cool. The web swing. So we have those in our clinics. We also have these swings that are made out of canvas that are like a platform swing. And so they do sort of sink a little bit when the child sits in them, but the canvas is real stiff, not very much, but there is a little bit more give. So it's not like a flat, hard platform swing. It's a little bit softer
0: because it's a material. It's going to challenge their balance a little more than the the ones you mentioned before, the carpeted swing or the yes. temple yeah. flat hard surface.
1: Yep. Definitely. And those are like really pretty. They're blue, purple, or green. They're really pretty.
0: A little more fun (laughs) than looking at that 30 year old carpet swing. Absolutely. And those two, the web swing
1: and then the canvas swing that we just talked about, they're both circular. They're made by M&M products. The people that make those swings, they talk to us about the engineering of those swings and what went into it to design it and the safety. So these are very Mm well-made swings. They could be for outdoor use like in the backyard, but we use them in our therapy clinics and we love them.
0: And we have to look at something that's going to be engineered and structured in such a way that it's going to be able to be used for commercial use because... Mm -hmm. They're going to be in the clinic. They're going to be used with multiple children in way, various yeah. <laughs> amounts. So we need it to handle all different types. Yep.
1: And this canvas swing I just talked about is called the adventure swing. You can wipe it down. So you could take a wipe and wipe it down so you can spot clean it, wash it if you need to kind of thing. And in the web swing, you can do the same thing with. So those are some of our favorite platform type swings. Old school, regular platform, and then now new improved web swing and the adventure swing that are kind of the similar concept as a platform swing, but it does a little bit something different. So platform swings, bolster swings, I think, you know, bolster swings are always fun for years and years. I did the bolster swing and pretend like you're riding a horse and then we'd help the child fall, but fall in a controlled fall, safe fall kind of way. But now the same company, so everybody knows what a bolster swing is, long bolster, on a swing, oldie but goodie, you've seen it for the last 30 years, but now this M. M&M same swing company has got this great like horse swing. That's what I call it. Probably that's not the official name,
0: but it's, it looks like a horse, but they also have a tractor. And it looks like it's made out of a tire. Yeah. So that they've taken, cut this tire and then made it into either a tractor Mm -hmm. or a horse. And so it's got like a place to hold on. It's got the bolster concept where you're sitting over Mm -hmm. the tire and you again, got a place to hold on, which is very similar to the boring mm-hmm. bolster.
1: <laughs> you can still do the same activity for speech people. You know, you can swing. We'll get into the therapy uses in just a second, but we like that. So there's a platform swing. We've got a bolster swing. Lycra swing is always good. I think every clinic needs a lycra swing. You know, it helps the child sort of calm down, sort of cocoons them up in the lycra swing. Sometimes a lycra swing is a challenge to clean, but you can wash most all lycra swings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every clinic is a lycra swing. So we also have pogo swings in our clinic. Describe the pogo swing, Kirstie.
0: You think of a pogo stick. It's like a long pole. It's got a round platform that you stand on. So you're going to stand. You're going to hold on to the long pogo stick Mm -hmm, part mm -hmm. (laughs) with your feet on the platform. You're up off the ground raised. So you can swing side to side or forward and backward. But you can also move up and down because it's suspended in such a way that it's got give to it and you can actually jump, which hence the pogo.
1: Yep, so Air Pogo, you can look up Air Pogo swings, and that's what we have. And so Air Pogo makes a swing. I think like B4 Adventure also sells them. So you could sit on it, or you can like a disc swing, or you can stand on it and sort of bounce and swing. You need a little bit of clearance for this one so that they're not hitting the floor because that could, you know, that would hurt when they Pogo down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you want to do that. We also have surfboard swings. The surfboard swing is cool. You stand on it like a surfboard. You hold each side of the rope. And then you can shift your body weight back and forth like a surfboard kind of thing. So just gives you another option. You could also sit on that thing like a horse. Now, I haven't done that before, but you could. Mm-hmm. It's an option. I didn't really think about that till now. But you could.
0: You could straddle that. But well, you got the horse swings. So I don't know why you would. But you could. You can also sit on it side to side and mm-hmm. move it while sitting. Again, we're going to talk and we're going to move into uses and purposes of different swings in a minute.
1: I love a swing in therapy anyway. Like, I love to use a swing in therapy. And
0: most kids do.
1: Yeah, it's fun. So now let's move into the therapeutic applications and use of these swings. So for speech, you know, the main purpose for me for using a swing is a couple things. One, the child doesn't want to engage in anything else. I'm really having them trouble to eye contact, look at me their body just needs to move, but we don't need to run all around all over the gym, you know? So that's one therapeutic application just to get their body and to give them some vestibular movement input so that I can engage with them like face-to-face and they can sort of, you know, just so that they're basically moving from a hyper alert state to an alert state so that I can help them just engage in the activity. So that's kind of the number one reason why I use a swing.
0: Just to tie into that, because PTs, what you're saying it's a proximity thing. Yeah. So everything you're saying, PT is going to use for the same purpose. A lot of times, if I have a child that's difficult to engage or maintain attention, or like you said, are kind of running around the room and we're not focused and we're not engaged, well, then I can't work on ball play because I don't have the child with me. But if I can put them on a platform swing where they're sitting, where they're having fun, yay, it's swinging, I've got their attention, I've got my contact, I might be able to get a couple of we talk about reciprocity of play, I might be able to get a couple of throws and catches in where they're focused on me, even if it's for a small period of time, but my long term goal is that I increase that time and increase those trials. So I'm gonna kinda jump on your stuff because there are for reasons that you're saying I can also tie into PT. Yeah. So proximity, I think that's key. It's the same concept. So if you're the speech therapist, you know, you're sitting in
1: the room and you've sort of got to shrink the room. So I'll put the child with their back up kind of to the wall and me real close. So basically I've cut the room from like a big eight by ten now to like a two by three, you know, so that they are engaged in the activity with me. But the swing does exactly the same thing. So a lot of times I will use the platform swing in this way because now my two by three box that I was using in therapy now is a swing. So they're engaged with me and like proximity, I'm close and they're in one spot and not moving. So that's what we're talking about with proximity. Mm-hmm. Another reason I use a swing in therapy is also for communication initiation. So everything I do is always start, do, finish. So we'll start the swing, and I'll talk about that in a second. We're doing the swing, we end the swing. But in doing the swing, I always count, you know, one, two, three, four, five, or if five is too many, one, two, three, it just depends, and then I'll stop. But I usually stop them with the swing like up. I'll stop them in mid-swing. I don't stop them at the bottom of the swing, you know, where their body is still because then they're just going to hop off and run away. Picture this. They're sitting on the platform swing, and I stop it while the swing's kind of up you know so their body's moving forward I'm holding the swing so it's up getting ready to swing back down they've got to hold on and so they're just kind of in that go like they need to do something to tell me to go you know so it creates a situation where they have to initiate if they want to go and then depending upon how they are initiating communication it could be a body movement like they just keep moving their body forward and that could be a body gesture that works for me if I'm just at that level it could be more they could say a word it could be they make eye contact with you eye contact it's just kind of dependent on what they are to help them initiate, but I'll use that. But I'll always count. And then when they do whatever they're gonna to do to make them go, then the county starts again. One, two, three, four, five. Stop. But I don't want it to be so short that they never get a chance to swing, you know? So usually it's five. And so for PT while I'm doing that, you seem to go along with me. So there must be something you're working on when I'm doing that.
0: Yeah, so typically when we're doing a co-treatment and you're working on what you just stated, doing the count to five and the hold and you're waiting for them to say go, then we might pause and I might work on getting a couple of ball plays either one to two back and forth um, because depending on the child, but if I just keep doing ball play on the swing, I'm going to lose their attention. They're getting off the swing. But by doing these things simultaneously in a co-treatment setup, we are also monitoring attention to task.
1: So if I wasn't there doing that, what would you do with that ball play thing instead? Because usually I'm with the swing like a mid swing. How would you do it instead?
0: I would actually probably pick that up and do it. So I actually tie in depending on what the child needs sensory wise, because I'm not an OT, but you can't treat a child without treating the sensory system. So if they need to be revved up and engaged, I'm going to do like a one, two, three. I'm going to shake the platform Mm -hmm. swing. I'm going to get them to go because we have to carry over goals from one discipline to another. That's why we work together. That's why we're in a collaborative environment. And then I'm still going to do my Mm -hmm. ball play. But I usually have to sit with my legs kind of out and under the swing because now I need to play ball and stop the swing with my feet. Right. (laughs) And hold the swing with my feet and then ball play. And then I can go back to you know, getting it to go. So, It becomes a little more challenging to do it by yourself, but it can be done. Yeah, you have to just grow a couple of appendages Mm -hmm. and then get rid of them
1: at the end of the session. But yeah, you do. You have to sort of turn to an octopus, but that works.
0: A platform swing, I might put them in prone and give them a rope and have them pull up along the rope to get like back extension, cervical spine extension, sustained postural activity. That's another use for it. I think it's also important for a child who is a hyper alert versus hypo alert. You know, you talked about
1: shaking the swing. I'll use that a lot too, Kirstie, because if a child is hypo alert, alert they're really not in they want to kind of get their own little world they get their own little play schemes or play routines and they're less likely to really see the need of communicating with others because they kind of like to get to their own little world and their own thing so a lot of times I'll be swinging the swing back and forth and right in the middle of that I'll sort of you know stop it like you said shake it or I'll turn around a circle one time and then we'll stop it suddenly and then we'll go back and forth so I keep trying to do different movement patterns with the swing to break up that monotony because those kids who are hypo alert they need the therapist to change up the activity so that they can stay engaged engaged. Mm-hmm. So I use that a lot, which will help. And then you were talking about with the rope and the, using the swing. A lot of times we'll have like different objects on the swing. And so they'll have to request different objects We'll have to try to throw them into a bucket. Mm-hmm. I'm all about throwing something in a bucket or knocking down something with their body. So, you know, we'll stack something up before the swing and get back on the swing and then they use their body to knock something over. Same thing as knocking down with the car or a ball. You know, we do that too. All of that I use for platform swing.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned earlier when we were introducing the swings about the web swing, talking a little bit about gravitational insecurity. Again, all that can be done on the web swing, but it's dependent upon where the child is at. So again, always assessing, always knowing what that child needs. Some children that are gravitationally insecure, they're not going to go on their back on the swing. No. They're not going to go backwards in space, but they might feel more comfortable laying in prone on the swing, yeah, or seated and holding on really low to the ground. You're working your way up, you know. Again, there's so many different levels that you can do with that platform swing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've also done some oral motor on the platform swing before. A lot of times, like if kids have a lot of insecurities and sensitivities with their mouth and everything, then I can do like oh, just a real low swing and then just do some oral motor, like some gum massage or face massage. Or maybe lip moving the lip side to side, some of that kind of thing I can do on the swing, but not like a big huge swing. Like I'm just basically kind of get their body moving. It's sort of just more of a them feeling safe and secure, and then also a little bit of a distraction. If I'm going to be honest, a little bit. Anyway, I do that a lot actually in the lycra swing.
0: And I will say, you know, it goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? But it's always a red flag for me, and it's not really. Discipline specific, but if a therapist says, Oh, I always start them on a swing, what? I always
1: ask why. Most kids don't always do something, always.
0: Well, I think sensory. Wise, it depends. Like, are they revved up? Do they need to be revved up? Like, where is the child at? Are they ready to participate? If they're not ready to participate, are you going in circles on the swing? Are you going linear? Like, what movements are you doing on the swing? All that matters. When I hear therapists say, well, I
1: always start them on the swing, I immediately go to the same place, that why question. But the purpose of the why is not a challenging why. It's more of a just information gathering why. But also, I go to the place of, well, that sounds like what you plan to do in the session versus being in real time, what that child needs and then working accordingly
0: because you and I have both been out in the clinic where you see like they're trying to get the child on the swing the child doesn't want to go on the swing and they're It's not a wrestling match, but it kind of looks that way. A little
1: bit. So then I'm like, okay, we're not doing this today. So moving on. Stop the swing. I mean, this actually happened two weeks ago. I mean, this kid was fighting. He did not want to get on that swing. And so I said, well, do we have to swing? And they said, well, he really wants to get in the ball pit. I'm like, well, let's put him in the ball pit.
0: Right. He's telling you what his
1: body needs. Yeah. So let's, uh, you get him in there with him.
0: Or I see a lot of times where therapists will use the swing as the reward. No, we can't do the swing until the end. And I'm like, well, can't you incorporate it in what you're doing and make it part of the. Land?
1: yes and the other thing I want to say you know one really nice thing well, I guess about any swing but especially the platform swing is it's awesome for start do finish for speech so you can start you have to get the swing from wherever it is and I usually get the child to help me drag it over you know I don't want to give them something that's too hard for them to do but they need to use their body to get it over then they have to try to lift it up and if you're oh, grunting oh
0: it's heavy help me
1: (laughs) and then let them kind of do it and then they have to hook it up and hook it up and then it's on the ground before I lift it up And I'm like oh no what happened so it gives you all of these opportunities for them to try to initiate and move their body and make it happen and them engage and stay engaged in the activity with you and all of that stuff I love it for that I love it for that So as you can tell, Kirsten and I love talking about swings. We use them all the time in therapy, and we just got carried away with this one. So we're going to have to wrap up part one of our swing discussion here. Catch us next time for part two of using swings in therapy. And thanks for joining us today, and thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.